This is How Men Think with Brooks Like and Gavin DeGraw, an iHeartRadio podcast. Welcome to another episode of How Men Think. My name is Brooks Like, and another unique episode today as we do it remotely. I can't see him, but I can hear him, and he sounds as handsome as ever. Mr. Gavin DeGraw, what's up, buddy? <laughs> what's up, man? How you feeling, Brooks? I'm doing good, bud. How are you? Man, just just digesting the weird times we're in. Isn't it wild? So outrageous and bizarre, unpredictable. You know, I asked my dad, my dad's 71. I said, Dad, you ever seen anything like this? He said, never, never anything similar. Nothing even close. Isn't it wild? So it's absolutely, it's like, it's absolutely bananas, man. The whole world is on high alert. The whole world pretty much is almost on lockdown. It's a phenomenal and devastating event. Like this is something that will go down. Like going to the grocery store, I have gloves on. I'm wearing a mask. I have my hood over my head, standing six yeah. feet apart from each yeah. other, waiting to enter the grocery store, one in, one out. Like yeah. I'll you never just like the Grim Reaper just to go pick up groceries. Yeah put my hockey gear on and go to the grocery store. Um, yeah, man. I'll never forget that feeling and, and, you know, and seeing bare aisles and so grateful right now for one, the healthcare workers, the people that are taking care, risking their own lives, taking care of people who have the coronavirus and two, um, the rest of the support staff, the, the people, the clerks at, Absolutely. at, the grocery store, the people that ship the food, the people that keep this world running and keep us alive in these times. I pray every single meal for the protection and the guidance and the support of those people. Um, it's amazing. To, yeah, it's amazing to see some of the best of humanity come forward in a time of crisis. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Well, well put. It's uh, it, you can only uh, you can only appreciate it when things get bad. You know what I mean? Man, uh, wild. Where are you at right now, buddy? That's when they step up. I'm in Nashville. Yeah. I'm at my house in Nashville, and uh, I live downtown, so things are really peculiar. You know, uh, and a lot of people they have, you know, they live outside in the country or the suburbs or, you know. Um, but I live in the epicenter of tourism in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm used to hearing music blaring up and down the streets here and, and seeing bachelorette parties and everybody, you know, rocking their cowboy hats and their cowboy boots and partying and taking pedal taverns up and down the street and hanging at, at our bar and bands playing live everywhere and people laying out by the pool. And it is absolutely a ghost town. And at this point, um, you know, there's a, there's a park near me and there's always been like a, a high concentration of homeless folks in that park. And that hasn't ended. That's still there. So when you go outside now, there's a higher population of homeless walking around in that area and on the streets than there are people with, uh, with jobs or with, or with homes. It's really, it's just, it's just upside down around here. It's just, it's just absolutely, it's absolutely twilight zone. It's crazy. Hey, it's just even it like is. LA is, LA is just like, 
there's nobody on the freeways. There's nobody in town. And it's great. Like, I love that people are practicing the social distancing and the safer at home and staying at home, um, trying to like curve this and end this as soon as possible. I love that people are doing it, but man, does it create an eerie feeling, but the more space you see, the less people you see out. Like I remember a couple of weeks ago, they gave the safer at home order in LA, encouraging people to stay at home and Runyon Canyon, all the hiking trails, the beaches, everything was still just slammed. Um, people Absolutely. weren't really, yeah, because businesses had shut down. People were supposed to be at home, but then they were, they were out and about because the weather was great. They wanted to be yeah. active until they really got the scope of how, how serious this thing is, this coronavirus is, and then oh, have absolutely. now taken it upon themselves and, and are staying at home. So it's nice to see people yeah. adhering to that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. But, I, you know, for, for people who live in, in apartment buildings and stuff like that, I mean, I don't see how you are really, how you could really feel safe if you need to go outside to walk your dog. Um because, you know, you're going to have to hop an elevator if you live above, you know, six floors, you know. Um, yeah. And what do you do? Like, you know, I just I just saw a guy I was on my way down to walk the dog. Um, and, uh, you know, I saw a guy, a guy I'm friendly with in the building. And, uh, and, you know, the door opened up on his floor. And I said, sorry, bro. Man, I'll send it back up. You know what I mean? Wow. To, your, to your floor. Because, you know, you can't. Can't be sharing an elevator with somebody. Yeah, it's not exactly room to roam in there. And and uh, he was like, "Yeah, man, no problem, no problem." <laughs> and I I saw him outside. I bumped into him again. He goes, "Hey, man." <laughs> I said, "Hey, dude, sorry about that." He goes, "Hey," <laughs> he goes, <laughs> "He goes, I don't want to have to take you off my playlist." <laughs> <laughs> I said, actually, man, <laughs> why don't you take my phone number down? Because just in case the shit hits the fan around here, we need to be able to contact each other. <laughs> it was like, absolutely. <laughs> hey, on that playlist, get them all those royalties you can. Um, yeah, I get you, though. That's one thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, having a home, we just have a private entrance. Um, but yeah, yeah, if you're in a, yeah. if you're in a, an apartment building or condo building, my heart goes out to you. But even when I go out, if I go out anywhere, I'm going with a face mask and I'm going with latex gloves on, um, every single time just be, cause sure. I don't want, not only, not only do I not want to get it, I don't want to be responsible for spreading it. So if I did get it, I don't want to give it to anybody or, you know, anything like okay. that. It's just. Yeah, I've been watching, yeah. I've been watching this for months. Like when they started talking about it in January, I'm like, this thing's coming. Um, I never anticipated it would be this big, but I was like, this is coming. Um, but man, is it a wild time? But I also think it's an. I also think it's a real. The travesties aside, the deaths aside, that's that is tragic. We're not we're not skipping over that. That is absolutely tragic. But I also think it's a real opportunity in ways. Because there's not as much distraction in our life of we're not driving to and from work. There's more time at home. It's a real opportunity in other ways to experience different parts of life, maybe parts that we overlook, um, things that we don't dedicate enough time to, uh, anything like that. No no doubt about that. That's a great point. Are there any ways in your life currently where you're like, wow, this is actually 
you know, it's as tragic as it is, I've found a way to make it a blessing and make it an opportunity in ways that I never would have experienced before. Uh, man, you know, I, I do, I do understand that. I do totally understand what you're talking about. I think for a lot of people who live particularly regular day-to-day life where they, you know, they leave their family, they go to work, they come back, they're too tired to hang with their family, this and that. I could totally see that being, um, kind of a beautiful thing, being able to spend some time with their family, almost like forced socialization in that way, you know? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, the, uh, you know, being, being pulled away from your normal, normal, normal other circumstances, obviously it's so, so heavy on you. Um, for me, I've been applying it, you know, trying to get creative, but there was a period there where I just really felt like I couldn't get creative, you know? Um, I was just too occupied with, all right, I got to go get food. I got to get these essentials, those essentials. I need to go get this. I mean, it, it, you know, immediately when all this stuff started piling on, you yeah. know, I was out totally outside of the, how do I see the beauty in this? And was completely in prepper mode. Yeah. Strictly prepper mode. You know what I'm saying? Um, and you know, people have their own version of prepper mode. Mine wasn't going and buying, buying every roll of toilet paper. Um, you know, I'm from the, I'm from the woods, so my pepper mode is totally different. And, and, um, so it's funny when I have conversations with, yeah, I'm all stocked up on toilet paper. You know, I'm like, that's your prep. What <laughs> What kind of prep is that? You know what I'm saying? So like, what did you prep? What, what about food? <laughs> did you get any food? Not yet, but I got all the toilet paper. You probably bought half so beef. Been, you probably got all kinds of steaks sitting in your freezer. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I'll tell you, man. Um, so there's that. There's that. But um, but you are right. I think there really is beauty in finding the fact that you do know the people you can rely on and the people who are contacting you and the people who are reaching out and acting like they care about you. Um, cause that matters, you know, that matters. Um, yeah. in my personal life here, it's been tough cause my dad had open heart surgery, uh, some months back and you know, he's been, he had a couple of strokes, so I can't really leave him alone. Um, and so it's been tough because, you know, there's that balance of, Oh, how much contact can I have with my dad? How close can I be with my dad? But at the same time, you know, if I wasn't checking in on my dad, I wouldn't have, you know, seen him having a seizure, you know what I mean? And so, and, and so these are the things, these are just different, you know, uh, equations and it's just different calculates for every household and every every family member or roommate or friend or whoever you, you are um, hunkered down with, um, you, you know, we're all just doing the best we can to, you know, flatten so-called flatten the curve. Um, but there's so many other factors here that I think are, you know, very horrifying to me. Um, like this, this virus is one thing. Yes, it is lethal to some people. But, you know, what about the suicide rate? 
What about the suicide rate? You know, what, how is that going to change? Because people are being absolutely wiped out, unemployed, hungry. You know, um, their lives are falling apart. And yeah, there's what, what about the other deaths that are going to come from the stress of this? That, you know, the anxiety creates its own health problems. You know, and so, so there's, there's other things here that I find really terrifying, way past the virus itself. And the, 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 you know, the effects on the economy. I mean, I own a bar here. Um, I mean, I could see it from my house. And, you know, just at our bar, uh, you know, the bar had to shut down. And that's, what is that, 65 people? Who who can't work? Yeah, you know how depressing is that? And and um, you know, oftentimes when you're working in that industry, you know you're you're not living check to check or week to week. That's day to day money, man. That's that's your tip money, or the day is the money you're relying on for that. You're really like, how do I get through today? Well, I got to make X amount of dollars by the end of the day, or I'm I'm screwed. It's tough. You can feel it. You can just feel the energy in the world. You can, um, oh, but I, I believe that there that people are. You hear about business owners taking out loans to be able to still pay employees. Like there's some amazing stories that you still hear about. Like I said before, I think I think some of the best parts of humanity come out in a crisis time. Um, I've reached out to a couple people that I know are low income. Um, that I've had do some work for me, for us, um, just to make sure they're okay. Um, I think so much of that is going on. The people that can afford to do it, I think are reaching out with all of branches, left, right, and center to help anybody. Um, at are, least I they hope. Are, they are, and they do. But most businesses simply don't have uh, an operating account that would permit it, period. Yeah. Yeah, the majority of businesses simply don't live in that level of surplus. Period. True. Yeah, it's going to be and, scary. And I mean, the fact is, there's what's that? Uh, yeah, keep going. What are you going to say? I'm just saying the, that the you know there, there comes a point where you know you can't borrow any more money for something. You know what I'm saying? Like, not every business can operate like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know. So yeah. and it's it's. It's insane. It's going to be there, – there's many things coming. You touched on a, on a lot of them. There's many things coming. One, there's – I mean, we haven't even hit the peak of this yet, right? They're talking that – you know, listen to President Trump talking about this week is going to be – there's going to be a lot of deaths this week in the U.S. And then next week might sure. even be the peak. Um, there's projections going out that – I'm listening to a lot of stuff on coronavirus. There's projections that um, – it's going to be heavy until the end of June, and then maybe middle of August, it's going to start slowing down. Um, there's projections projections of hundreds of thousands of deaths, upward of 200,000 deaths. Um, and then they're talking about a second wave of this. What happens when the economy picks up, starts up again, everybody goes back to work? Is there a second wave of this in the fall? And then, like you said, Gav, the amount of fallout from this, the um, collateral damage, the suicides, the drug use, the anxiety, um, these things that are not being measured right now and won't have statistics on, but are definitely going to affect people. 
uh, in right now or in the months coming. And they've done studies. They look at studies for, and, and stats from the Great Depression, how drug use and suicide spiked back then. Um, there's a lot of other things also for, for affluent people, people who own a business, somebody like somebody like yourself, you own a bar, you own a restaurant, and then all of a sudden you aren't able to operate. That is your life savings put into a restaurant or a business, whatever it is. And now all of a sudden you're bankrupt. That is, that is another layer of stress, of anxiety, of pressure on life. And beyond and beyond that, it's the it's the it's not even about the debt. It's not about the loan. It's not about your rent. It's not about the bills. Ultimately, it's I have pride in providing jobs to people. It makes yeah. them a living. It pays for their houses. It pays for their cars. You know what I mean? And now. If those businesses can't stay open, those people have no way to generate income. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and so it's it's beyond what what bills you have for that place. The biggest thing that upsets me is there's no jobs for those people. There's no jobs for those people in the in that entire service industry. Yeah. It doesn't exist. You know, here's a question for you, Gav, sort of hypothetical, but, uh, here's a question for you. So as a, as a bar owner, right, like right now, we're not being told anything on when the economy is going to reopen, when we're going to go back to work, anything like that. Um, they're saying, they're saying they're hopeful for May, maybe saying they're hopeful for June, but we're not being told a definitive clearly because we haven't, um, leveled the curve yet here um and got control of this but at what point do business owners forego that and say i need to open up i need to well, you know like, is that it's a great, happen where it's a great, it's a, it's a great it's a you know it's a great question it's a perfect question here's the the, the interesting thing that's happened with the rise of 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 the technologies and social media is that you can really push certain social agendas and a common social consciousness, right? Yeah. The bad thing about that, the bad thing about that is whatever the rolling ball is down the hill, once it's decided which ball that is that's rolling down the hill of the collective consciousness, which the social media which social media tends to ultimately lean in become right whatever the pop culture version of opinion is becomes the gospel right yeah so if you were to open up the bar let's say and people go fuck it let's just go have a good time and if i'm gonna go down i may as well go down in flames right go out there and take a risk and if you get sick you get sick right if that's your approach and you opened the doors. He said, let's throw a party, a coronavirus party, right? If you did that, A, yes, some people might show up. But B, you would absolutely, basically, as Just, far as public opinion goes, run the risk of 
having your ankles shackled in chains and thrown into the river for your reputation because your social consciousness wasn't elevated enough to care about the planet and the world and the people. You understand? I get that, so there'd yeah. be an element of that demonizing you for operating, which is understandable because I understand all schools of thought here, which are survival, staying afloat, putting food on the table, needing to eat, and at the same time, running the risk of infecting somebody uh, because you were too callous or not careful enough, right? So we're all in a huge predicament. And uh, But you know what I think is the biggest thing and the scariest thing about this whole, this whole environment right now is we run the risk of setting precedent for losing certain constitutional rights whenever a so-called threat arrives of any kind. But that's the scariest part of all this to me. I'm a freedom guy. I'm a live-at-your-own-risk personality type. So if you're told you're not permitted to do this or that because it makes you not careful enough for, you know, the, uh, you know, other people in your society, and they'll shame you for going into the grocery store, you know, or two of you walking close together. Um, because it's a medical risk or a, a life risk of some kind, we, we start to run the risk then at that point of setting a precedent of being able to enforce anything, any sort of restriction, any behavioral restriction, simply by coming out and saying, oh, there's another virus, everybody stay home, and you're not allowed to leave your house. You could say it at any point. I was listening. So, to, I was listening to something on this yesterday. Um, They're talking about how after nine eleven, how all of a sudden TSA there was pat downs, and people were in an yeah, operation. Yeah. They're patting me down at the airport. Are you kidding me? They're that's touching. Right. They're patting me down. Now that's, that's right. Fast forward. Fast forward twenty years. Um, it's nothing. You, you get to the airport, you just expect it, right? It's just part of everyday life now. So now, now the new norm, like you said, is oh, there's a virus. Everybody stay at home. We stop everything. Businesses That's shut right. down. Right. Stay at home. Schools shut down. Work from home. Stay at home. Whole right. economy right. shuts down. And I see what you're saying. Is that the future? Is that going to be a new norm five years from now, ten years from now? That, when, that, 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 that's right. Yeah, when Spot something on, comes man. Spot on, because guess what? Anytime they pat me down, I'm still thinking in my head, get your fucking hands off of me. <laughs> <laughs> anybody gets really? close anybody gets six feet no, it's, true. No, no, it's, it's true it's true that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking get your hands off of me i haven't committed a crime i'm not even suspected of a crime you shouldn't be allowed to touch me right uh, yeah so, man this is an interesting debate we could go all day on this because they're doing it they're it's like it's not against you it's nothing personal against you it's a it's a safety obviously you know what it's for but i get your pushback okay, on it. well you know what when you can point to the examples of when it's actually worked to stop somebody from taking down a plane then you'll have an argument but there there aren't any so you know a, it, to me, it's, discussion right now 
So the same discussion right now about coronavirus, there's – I've heard a rumor that apparently they – and I don't know if this is true. It's just I'm, I'm listening to all kinds of different resources on this. So I've heard a rumor that they figure everybody is going to get this by the end of the year in the U.S., that everyone right. will have right. got it. And if they announce that now, everyone would just go out right now because they're like, well, I'm going to get it at some point. So why, why not – like why would I – why don't I open my bar? You know, because I'm going to get it. Patrons are going to get it. Why not get it now and not lose the. Right. But then you'd flood flood the healthcare system and then you'd have a real problem. Yeah. Um, But then there's also. There's also the weight hearing some real interesting debates on the weight of. The economic cost versus the life cost. And everyone will always say that they are fully on board for saving as many lives as possible. I believe every single human would say that. Um, But there's discussions that if we shut down the entire economy for months more, you know, and the death rate is 2,000 people, or what if we don't shut anything down past April and the death rate is 140,000 people? People are really having this discussion. Is it worth there's 60,000 lives difference there. Let's just say that's what it was. Would it be worth yeah. the shutdown? You know, mm-hmm. because how many you haven't factored in suicides or um, like if, if businesses go under, if people lose their homes, um, their life saving, you're looking at suicides, drug mm-hmm. use. Um, you have more casualties. In it as well, does it even out over the course of a year? There's some real interesting discussions and none of this is meant to be unsympathetic or uncompassionate or unempathic. They're just looking at real world possibilities to try and guide this thing forward in a, in a state of complete uncertainty. Um, it's just fascinating to learn. Totally. It's, to listen and to learn. It really is just fascinating to hear some of the best minds deal with a black swan event that we've never experienced in our lifetime. You know, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know what? But look at all the, look at all the numbers, man. I mean, look at the types of numbers you have, the types of deaths you have from the flu season, the types of deaths you have from car accidents per day, you know, I mean, are we going to pull, are we going to stop all traffic? Are you going to stop all traffic because of the amount of deaths every day in the United States? No, they're not. They're not because it would create an economic meltdown. One just like the one that's happening right now. Um, so, so, yeah, I do understand the concept of being socially conscious and wanting to save lives. But my worry is that it, it's not going to work. And we're going to end up with we're going to end up with many cases of people who um, and let me point this out, by the way, just prior to this becoming a much bigger thing. We had the tornado here in Nashville about a mile yeah. from my house, you know, and there's people who lost their home. Then lost their job because of the, this economic meltdown. Yeah. And they're going to end up losing family members anyway from the virus. So they're going to be people with no jobs, no house, and no family member of some kind. 
you know, we're trying to stop it. I understand we're taking an approach, but my fear is ultimately that basically every time the government gets involved to do something, even when it's with good intentions, it sets a bad precedent and creates more harm than good. Oh, it's, it's such an interesting debate, man. It just is. It's just such a, I, I love looking at both sides of it. I love looking at There's definitely see, two sides to this. Definitely yeah. two sides to this. There really are. And I, I think that we're both understanding that, that there is obviously a threat. The virus is definitely a threat. You know, my father is at risk for this, you know, um, yeah. obviously we're all at risk for this, but he, his, his, he statistically runs a much greater risk if he if he get this um, of of not surviving it or it impacting him much more severely. Um, and so, and unfortunately, you know, it, it hasn't happened yet. Um, thank God, but um, but you know, he and I discussed this. You know, he and I discussed this because you're talking about somebody who. You know, he's got sons who were in businesses, right? And, you know, anxiety or stress can bring on another stroke for him. Yeah. Or seizure, you see? So it's creating other factors by making the economy suffer. You see? So yeah, it's creating other it. medical factors for people with other medical conditions. When the economy uh, comes to a screeching halt, I know that's that why they're they're having debates about like, is it what is the blowback? You know, what is the collateral damage if we open it back up, or what is the collateral damage if we keep the economy closed? Like weighing yeah. the collateral damage versus the lives lost due to the virus. Um, it's a fascinating discussion. Nobody's right on it. Nobody has the crystal ball on it. Um, I agree. I, I agree. In minds working hard on it, I'm sure. Um, but I, we're going to agree. What what are the, what are the banks supposed to do? I mean, yeah. what are the banks supposed to do? What are the property owners supposed to do? What are the HOAs, uh, HOA groups supposed to do? You know, can they go around collecting their fees if there's nobody working in the buildings to you know provide maintenance anymore? Do they still get their fee? Uh, do they, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, can the banks go and collect if there's no, if, if the engine has come to a halt, can they still say, you owe this, you owe that? You, you know, know what? As I'm listening to you talk, it's what's really becoming apparent to me is just our, how high our level of dependency is as human beings as society because all of a sudden some of these things go away like let's say all of a sudden the virus was so bad that people did not want to work at all at grocery stores and food was not shipped to a grocery store right now exactly. people are complaining because they have to wait to get into the store or you can only buy x amount of an item two two eggs or two things of eggs things of milk or one thing yep. of toilet paper. Everything is rationed right now because everything is everybody is right. so hectic. Um, and there, there's a lot of complaints and stuff going on about that. But 
this stuff is still being delivered to us. You know, take away our basic fundamental services and there would be chaos, utter chaos in the world. Um, we well, are. Well, you know what it is? Interestingly, let me, uh, let me liken it to something I find fascinating. Okay, so over the years, we've lost a ton of manufacturing jobs in the United States, an absolute ton of them, right? And fortunately, there are some manufacturers that still exist in the country. I remember years ago, my uncle said to me, when I was griping about a bailout for some car company, he said, yes, I know the complaint and it's legitimate, but he said to me, but God forbid there's a war. You're going to need somebody to make the tanks. And I said, you know what? Good point. Interestingly, we're not building tanks right now for this. We're making masks. We're making respirators. So it makes sense why you need manufacturing in your own country, right? Yeah. Now, I liken that to manufacturing. I'm stretching, but to the manufacturing from your home. Why do we need the grocery store? Because nobody knows how to fucking garden anymore. Because nobody knows how to plant a tomato. All your buddies should tell you how educated they are because they have a master's degree. I'm like, here, how about you plant me a tomato? Genius. Right? <laughs> so, so, and, and then the, oh, right? So, so then just at that lazy. point, you, re- you realize, what's that? It's just lazy, too. Well, what the irony is that we learn all of these exceptional skills and we have all these exceptional degrees that actually don't provide any essential services to ourselves. Like having your own food. God forbid they shut the grocery store down. God forbid. Yeah, it's... People will be eating each other in three days on the street. Um, convenience, as I'm thinking about it, convenience induces a state of almost learned helplessness. No doubt about it. A hundred percent, man. And, and we, I feel like this is a lesson of, for a lot of us who live in an urban environment or a suburban environment, I'm just vulnerable. I need to manufacture. I need to grow. I need to be able to exist, survive, thrive on my own, if need be, completely, and have... Yeah. These things, these ducks in a row. Dude, I've talked created a completely different reality. I've talked about this for a long time in my life. Um, I started hunting when I was 13. I hunt white-tailed deer back in Canada. Uh, Grew up fishing. And I've always said I've always wanted to be able to hunt and fish because if, if we ran, I always said if we ran out of oil, if the world ran out of oil, things are going to come to a screeching halt and I need to be able to provide. So I'm actually up at my lake house in Idaho where I have half acres. I'm waterfront. I can fish, um, can't hunt now. It's not the season, but you can, if, if need be, I would hunt in the hills in the, in the, in the woods back here. And I have water, you know, I could burn wood, boil water. I could survive. And I've always thought about that. And it's a far-fetched thought, 
Like I always thought about that and I was like, it's so far fetched. The world's not going to shut down. It's going to continue to operate. My fear was if we ran out of oil that it would, but I never thought of a virus or something like this that would come along. But I will say it is nice to have skills to be able to provide for yourself. Absolutely. Be. The, the, the convenience of going to a store and buying food is wonderful and a gift from God. Um, and I'm so grateful for the people that are responsible for getting that food there, for allowing myself Absolutely. to um, But also 100%. the ability to live off the land, whether it's gardening, fishing, hunting, um, I think is, is just an underrated life skill that people— Oh, wait, well, you know, but here's the great irony of it, man. You know, the great irony of it is for so many people— who leave a country environment and go to the city or the suburbs or whatever, if you say you grew up like that, you were looked at like such a hillbilly. You were looked at socially in those city environments by so many of those types of people. Like you are so far beneath them because you would <laughs> take a life. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I actually, I get what you're you know saying. What I mean? I'm when I tell you know, people in Manhattan that I was from upstate New York, and yeah, of course we went hunting when we were, you know, when we were growing up. Oh, oh, dude, when I was when I was thirteen, like hunting is a very spiritual thing for me. Um, hunting isn't about going and kill. I've never hunted for sport. The only reason I would ever hunt is is to eat the meat of whatever I was going to hunt. And I remember when I was thirteen, when I first killed uh, a white-tailed deer. And our family, my dad and I and my brother, made deer sausage for our family. Um, I prayed right. every single night for a week, thanking that animal for giving its life to be able to provide for our family. It right. is it, well, you know what, and you know what, man, all all those things that you did, you're appreciating it, and and um, and and you know, fishing. These really are the fundamentals. The fundamentals of of surviving, of surviving. Um, and people, people just, they don't do it or they never did it or they look down, they look down on it. Well, you know? or I think some just uh, weren't taught so it. peculiar like, to me. Yeah. Like I, I was fortunate to have, uh, my dad taught me to fish, to fillet fish, to be able to, to catch a fish sure. and be able to put sure. it like to fillet it, to sure. put it on a pan, to be able to cook it. Um, sure. anyway, we could go through this all day, but let's get one of our, how men think podcast team members has had coronavirus. Um, really? do you remember Hannah? Hannah who worked for us before she went back to school? She was right. an intern, worked with us. Sure. Um, she was traveling abroad in Spain, studying abroad in Spain and ended up getting coronavirus. So we're going to get yeah. Hannah on right after this break. We're going to hear her story. Back from break on another coronavirus edition of How Men Think. I, I hate not seeing your face, Gav. I hate not seeing Rick, Dimitri, Ryan, Easton, our engineer. You too, brother. You too, man. Me, Tori, Danielle. I, like, one of my favorite things about doing this podcast, probably my favorite thing, um, is seeing the people that we do it with. And then the other favorite is being able to serve our listeners, our community. But I miss seeing everybody's face. And back with us, we have Hana. Hana, how are you? 
Hey, Hi, Anna. I'm good. How are you? I miss everyone. I miss Aww. you too. We miss one, you. We miss you. Yeah, one, we miss you. Um, you were part of the the initial How Men Think team until you went back to school. Um, but I want to send my heart out to Johanna. How are you doing? Um, can you share your story with coronavirus and how it's affected you? Yes, um, I'm doing much, much better now. Thank goodness. But I came back, so I was studying abroad in Barcelona, and I came back because my school in Spain sent all the kids home. And so I came back on March 13th, that Friday. And like two days previous to leaving Spain, I wasn't feeling my best, but I don't think I really took it seriously. I kind of just like pushed past. I was trying to pack up all my things and just get out of there as quickly as possible. Mm. And so then a couple of days later, Monday, um, after I got back, I got tested. And for four days around that time was like my worst. I was like in bed, couldn't really move. I had trouble breathing, but mm. I didn't have that high of a fever. I had a slight fever. It was just like this terrible chest pain. And I got my mm. results back a week later and tested positive and have had to just really lay low in quarantine. And so mm. has my family because they have all been exposed to me as so, well. So it's been an ordeal. Oh, my heart goes out to you. Well, I'm wow. glad you're doing better now. Um, so you are currently at home at your mom and dad's place, or where are you at now, Hannah? Yeah, correct. So I flew back into San Francisco, and now I'm just at my parents' house with my sister, and we've all been just quarantining together. Mm. And have they all had fever or no? Nobody? No. So they have been completely asymptomatic, have been feeling 100%. And they kind of like wish that they could get tested just because they were around me and exposed to me, but they can't get right. tested because they have absolutely no symptoms. So they kind of just have to assume that they had it and take the extra, take like extra precaution and just not see anyone not leave the house. And they've been just stuck in the house waiting for an additional two weeks to be safe. Uh, Hannah, do you, wow. um, do you have any recollection or idea possibly of how you might have got coronavirus? Like, do you remember a person I, coughing or? I think that, I mean, I definitely got it when I was in Spain for sure. Um, and I had this gnarly, gnarly cough for probably like two weeks before coming home. And I remember my parents came and they, um, they met me in Paris for the weekend and I texted my mom before meeting them. I was like, I don't even know if I can come. I'm so sick. And I think that around that time is when I was getting it. Cause everyone I was with had this gnarly cough and everyone just was not feeling their best. Man. When I, when I hear about this, I think of like how many people were sick that maybe didn't get tested, but passed passed through coronavirus but like, I wonder what the true stats are. Like, I don't think, I don't think these yeah. stats of people that, that have tested positive are even a fraction of the amount of people that have had it. No, no I completely agree. I completely uh, agree. I think that everyone I was with in Spain, there's no way that like 90% of us like don't have it. Like, I think so many people have it and because they're asymptomatic, they don't even know they have it, but they're carriers and then they pass it along to so many people. That's so scary. Yeah. 
What has been the scariest part for you about having coronavirus? Um, I just worry. I I worry about giving it to my parents and like it was worrying me because right when I came home, even before I got tested and before I got my test results back, I was exposed to my mom and she went grocery shopping with my grandparents. And so that's what gave me so much anxiety. I was like, oh my gosh, if I had somehow given it to my mom and my mom gave it to my grandparents, that is what scared me. Um, And when I was sick, the only thing that really was worrying me was like my chest pain. But mm. I didn't have I didn't have it that bad. I feel actually really lucky that I didn't have a super bad fever or get super bad symptoms. Yeah. Oh man, my heart goes out to you. Thank you. I know it's such a crazy time right now, but I feel lucky that it wasn't that bad. <laughs> so Hannah, thinking on big, big, big picture. What is your biggest worry about this virus now outside of your outside of your family? Are you, are you more worried that the virus is going to spread or are you more worried about the effects on the economy? Or if you were to choose a, a version of things you need think you should watch out for or we all need to watch out for, what do you think is your biggest worry? Um. Well, I would just say something that worries me is I see like on social media also a lot of people like maybe not taking it seriously because they haven't felt direct effects to them or they don't know anyone. Um, And so that's what worries me is that some people just seriously aren't taking it seriously at all. Um, Right. And it does worry me too, especially being a college student and I mean, graduating from college in one year, it does worry me about jobs and also with a lot of my friends like a lot of their internships for the summers have fallen through and now they are left with no job and they've been trying to reach out to people and get something else but everyone is just so uncertain right now so it, I think it's scaring a lot of people which also scares scares me at the same time yeah Anna, it's one of those horrifying economic times yeah you can always we'll always welcome you back to the show Oh, thank you. I know. it's. I mean, I feel lucky also that, I mean, of course, Amy and everything, but it's just like an uncertain time too. like knowing that I'm going to graduate college in a year and things aren't looking great with the economy. It's unsettling, of course. Very. Yeah, very. Much. very. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think and I, I also, what you said there about, uh, I have the fear of that too, of that people, people aren't taking this seriously. You know, when yeah, I go out, totally. when I, the other day I was at, uh, I went to Costco to get some toilet paper because uh, I have two 70 year old neighbors that I'm looking after at this time because uh, the wife has some underlying health issues. And so whenever I go out, um, I'm going gloves and I'm going mask and a hood over my head um, and I'm at Costco and I'm, I was one of the only ones, there wasn't very many people with masks or gloves on. And people were looking at me like I was like, geez, one guy walked by, he goes, the world has sure changed. And I should have said something to him, but I didn't. It wasn't, um, I don't know, it wasn't the point of me getting into it with him. But like the reason I do that is because I'm buying toilet paper 
for somebody that has underlying health conditions. I come home, I rub it down um, with some cleaning wipes, and then I let it sit here for five days before I drop it on their doorstep. So it's not, I don't like when people don't take it seriously because maybe they're not worried, but they don't know what other people have if they're looking after a parent, a grandparent, if they have kids. Like, that's my biggest fear with this too, is that people don't take it seriously because they don't think it applies to them, but their actions yeah. apply to everybody. Correct. You know? Exactly. That's yeah. my fear. And that's such a good point. That's such a good point. It's like people don't realize that their actions could be affecting other people. Just because it doesn't affect them directly doesn't mean that they aren't, I mean, putting other people in danger. Yeah. And you know what else, man? Yeah. Here's another thing I was, I was thinking about that was really, you know, the saddest thing about all of this is the idea that if someone does become terminally ill from this, their family members can't go visit them while they're on their way out. They, they can't just go to the hospital and be bedside. They can't tell them they love them the same way. They can't make that contact. You know, so essentially they're just they're dying with strangers. Yeah. There's stories on, on the and news that, about nurses, that, nurses comforting. That to me, is the saddest thing. That yeah. is the saddest part about it. Yeah. Well, Hannah, thanks for joining us. Can't wait to see your face again soon. Glad you're doing well. Um, best wishes to you and your family. And we miss you, girl, but glad you're doing better. Of course. Thank yeah, you. Hannah. It was good to hear from you guys. And stay safe and healthy. You bet. You Same too. Me. We're going to have – okay, this is going to be fun because Ryan is a nervous wreck at the best of times. The world could be operating in the best case scenario and Ryan would be nervous anyway. So I'm excited to hear how Ryan is doing at this time. So Easton, can we get Ryan on? I am here. What's up, Ryan? I am here. It's good to hear your voice again, man. I wish I could say the same for your voice. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what's your... What's your uh, What's your stress level and anxiety level at the moment? I am losing my absolute mind. Are you? <laughs> Look, I'm going to tell you what. I, I'll tell you what I take some solace in during these dark times, and that is months ago you told uh, the doctor that we had on that you eat so clean, and because of your clean diet, you are so, so regular, and you take six or seven poops a day. Now, as, I, as, as we go through this toilet paper shortage, I think to myself, you know who's screwed? I guess that backfired now. How are you doing with the toilet paper, Brooks? Dude, I, I, I was literally just talking to Han about it. I went to Costco the other day, and I got a 30-roll pack. I am all set, man. I got one for my neighbors. My 70-year-old neighbors, I got a 30-roll pack for them. They are all set, brother. No worries at all. So you're, so you're the one buying up all the toilet paper, huh? No, you can only take one. You can only take – they only allow you one thing, one package per membership. Yeah, one package of 30. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, but but Brooke, right, so that'll, you get you, that'll get you through the next 48 hours, but what are you going to do from there? <laughs> In this, in this 
Black Swan event, that is your biggest, uh, biggest, uh, that's uh, consuming your thought the most. I appreciate your concern. Yeah, I'll tell you the difference between you and me. You went out and got toilet paper. I had five handles of Tito's delivered to me yesterday. That's where I am in life. Of of what? Tito's? Tito's? Tito's vodka, yes. Yes. How are you doing with two kids under the age of two at home right now? Uh, It is very challenging. It is... uh, yeah, I mean, look, we're all, everybody's in this, this boat with kids where you're trying to work uh, and do all these Zooms, which is a whole new phenomenon for me. Uh, and my two-and-a-half-year-old refused to allow me to be in any room of the house to get any, yeah. quote-unquote, work done whatsoever. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the new normal, I guess. So you, you've yeah, continued to work, though? You guys have found a way to do Zoom calls or whatever to keep keep working? We have, yeah. I'm going to give you an interesting uh, little tidbit here because that's what I'm good for. I read an article the other day. The CEO of Walmart said that shirt sales are up astronomically at Walmart and pants sales are down astronomically on Walmart. Nobody's buying pants anymore because in the Zoom culture, all you need is the waist up. It's pretty pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Dude, yeah, I know what you mean because we did that. Two of my best friends were supposed to get married uh, March 22nd or March 21st, whatever it was, and they they obviously had to postpone their wedding. It was um, supposed to be in Mexico. They had to postpone their wedding. So a group of – I think there were 16 of us, different friends, created a Zoom uh, call. We all, call, all got on the call and then called them. And so there were 16 different screens of people up and we all had on our attire that we were going to wear to their wedding that day. And I just had shorts on <laughs> like a suit and tie on, um, above. And I stood up and I just had shorts underneath. They just started laughing. So I get it. You dress up fancy for just the upper body. I totally get it. Yeah. It's business up top and party down below, man. <laughs> so in your world what's what's a daily like walk us through a normal day for you right now ryan i, I want to tell kids, you first when you when you ask about my stress and anxiety level uh what i found myself doing is i'm consuming so much news just trying to stay a, ahead of where everything is going with this whole pandemic and i'll lay there in bed and i'll feel a little tickle in my throat, for instance, and I'll say, oh, my God, this is it. This is the beginning. It, like, and then I'll try to take a deep breath, and I'll, I'll feel like, that was, was that a normal breath? It seemed a little bit shorter than a normal breath, did it not? And now I'm <laughs> down this whole road of, like, I'm, I give myself about two weeks. There's no more ventilators. I'm dead. And I can, like, it's a psychosomatic thing where I feel a, anything slightly abnormal, and I believe that this is the first symptom and the beginning of the end for me. Absolutely. Every time the AC goes off in my house, I think I have a fever. <laughs> this is this is why I love you, man. I, I know that that's true, and um, and I support you, and I want to be here for you. But you are also very much a worry wart. You you very much are, buddy. You like do you when you ask yourself truthfully, do you think you have it? Do you um. 
is does your brain go, oh no, you're just acting crazy, Ryan, or do you actually like believe that you have it when this when the, these kinds of events happen? Uh, I more often than not recently, I'm telling myself I'm crazy, but I'm kind of telling myself that to make myself settle down. But like I have colleagues that have been diagnosed with it. So then I'm doing the math on how long has it been since I was with them, all that stuff. But we, my, my wife and I and, and our two kids legitimately have not left the house to go even to the grocery store or anything for close to three weeks now. We've been able, fortunately, to get every, get just like the vast majority of the stuff delivered to us. And we had a ton of food anyway. So uh, we've legitimately just stayed with one another and not had any contact with anybody. Yeah. Um, Uh, Good question. Have you, have you been looking at any, uh, Furniture sites online, redecoration online, be out of boredom. Just been like, I'm so done with that couch. I'm so sick of that <laughs> dishwasher. I need a new counter. Are you guys looking around your home, seeing things that you want to change? No, I'm more, I'm on Amazon. Like I ordered a new hose earlier today. I ordered zinc lozenges just to be proactive. I ordered apple cider vinegar capsules, spirulina capsules. Now, are you uh, like are you like me? Everything. Are you like me when you go online looking for a hose? Are you actually looking at a hose or looking at something you can use as a gas siphon if need be? <laughs> I just ordered a case of nerd ropes. Okay, that's where I am in life. You two, you two are like polar opposites. Like Gav, I think is like I think you are super prepared um ryan you're like you're one end of the spectrum you're going to order everything let's let's prep for this you're going to be stocked up you're going to be you're going to spirulina tablets everything you're going to research it you're going to and then i think the other end of the spectrum is gav who's just like i i don't have anything i'm just gonna (laughs) i think i'm just gonna stay away from people i'll be okay i think you guys are and also i think gav can find it are you finding any enjoyment at all in like this kind of time ryan is there something that that in your life that's actually been more enjoyable, that's different from the day-to-day grind that we usually have, like maybe spending more I mean, time. I, I, uh, you know, when I, I feel like I'm very lucky to have my dad to uh, look after. And, and I am more appreciative probably now than I've ever been that I, I know how to play an instrument because when you're bored, um, it's a, a great way to burn some time, you know what I mean, and get creative. Um, so it's 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 nice to be able to find find a little diversion uh, and, and that type of thing. And I've also, you know, really grown to appreciate much more even the uh, having good neighbors. You know, yeah, like a, a good neighbor goes a long way right now. What about you, Rye? So, we'll get, Kevin, have you thought of any new renditions of the national anthem during this time or no? Yes, I have. This one, I start this one face down on the ice so I can only go up from there. <laughs> um, uh, Brooks, to answer your question, the, an- the answer is yes. Like, truthfully, I've been taking my two-and-a-half-year-old son 
like from 7.30 till 9.30, just the two of us pretty much every morning, and we'll go out into the front yard and, like, play baseball, soccer, like, ride the ride his scooter, all that stuff, which uh, in a normal work week, we just don't have the time to do. So I think that has brought, brought us a lot closer together. I will say I think of the two of you a lot, uh, not in a good way, which is like if, if <laughs> I did not have kids, if you if you don't have kids during this whole thing, like my wife and I were talking about, it's like this would be a dream in many ways. Like we, you don't really have to socialize with people. You can just stay at home, watch Netflix, hang out, eat food, like go to sleep, like just chill. There's no commitments that you have to do outside of the house. It's a dream, but you guys are living that. I got to the end of Netflix already, Ryan, and then the last box says, your life sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a movie. <laughs> um, well, Ryan, we appreciate you jumping on, brother. And um, I don't know, when was the last time we seen you in studio? It's been like six months, man. <sighs> we miss your face. Uh, yeah. Honestly, Ryan, take your time coming back, really. I'm going to give you a quick, a quick, quick little okay. nugget to leave on, which is somewhat uh, genuine. There was a, an analogy I heard the other day that I thought was pretty astute, which was comparing this to 9-11 and basically saying that, you know, like after 9-11, the entire nation came together and we as a community and as states all kind of peeled together through this. And you did that out in the public in restaurants and bars and, and through talking to people outside of your own home, be, like just hanging out. And this is completely isolating, obviously. And we don't have the ability to like be in front of other people in bars and restaurants or anywhere for that matter. So it's right. driving me slightly insane as a result, just being cooped up and going a little bit stir crazy. You know what, I'm, man? I totally understand. You know what I've been doing? Um, I don't know if you ride, but I, I keep motorbikes. And um, just getting out of the house and getting on the road with the bike and leaving the area. You don't have to talk to anybody. You get to kind of just go off, on, you know, and see see the new, you know, apocalyptic version of the United States. Uh, on a bike is actually uh, a pretty pretty good way to uh, find a little headroom. Um, well, buy a bike, Ryan, Ryan. Great. Yeah. Ryan, quick question great for to you. Great talk to you guys. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, man, you too. How many That's times cool. a day do you call your doctor? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a problem. I didn't see a pandemic coming when I uh, was blacklisted by the entire medical community. So I'm on my own here. I am really on my own. Are you just on WebMD all day long? Just like, oh, buddy. Oh, that's not good. Oh, that is, it's a tough, you're in a tough spot. That, that, that stunt you pulled a couple years ago puts you in a tough spot. <laughs> for this event, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, oh. you know, read what you sell, I guess. <laughs> Buddy, I miss oh, your face. Man. I hope you, your wife and your kids are well. Stay stay well, my man. Um, thanks for jumping on with us, and we'll see you soon, buddy. 
everybody. Be good, Rod. All right, Brooks, 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 keep posting all those uh, videos of your dog. I can't get enough of them, really. <sighs> Dude, we were way up the hills today. Oh, it was awesome. We were just gone. God, <laughs> if I have to see another Insta story of, like, 57 thumbnails of Coda eating a skull again, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> Goodbye. I love you. You can see a living curious through me all you want, buddy. <laughs> See you, buddy. (laughs) I love Ryan. He's so funny. So good. He is. He makes makes me laugh, Gav. You make me laugh. Oh, man. He's so dry. It's amazing. What's that? He's so dry. It's amazing. Oh, I know. And just his, uh, that story he told before about when he got what he did with the medical community and now how it's just backfiring. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Easton, Easton, next we're going to get on our brother, Dimitri, who has four kids at home. Can you imagine having four kids, wife and four kids and being quarantined to your own home? Um, Easton, Dimitri on. What's up, fellas? Dimitri, hey. what's up, buddy? How are you? We're live, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, uh, uh, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm thrilled to get on this call because this way I could tell the kids not to bother me for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, buddy? You have four kids. What are the age of your kids again? Uh, Ten, eight, six, and three. Although my son, my son's turning seven this week, so... We're going to have one of those quarantine birthday parties. Okay. Oh, man. Give us the truth, brother. How are you holding up? I hope everybody, first, I hope everybody's healthy and safe, but um, how are you holding up? What's what's life like around your guys' home right now? Uh, you know, it comes in waves. <laughs> it's, uh, there's sometimes, it's, I mean, I'll say this. Let me start with this. Everyone, everyone is healthy, so that's good. I'm, I'm happy for that, and we're doing what we need to do. Um but, you know, it gets chaotic. It gets chaotic in here. And um, there are times, you know, you get through the day and then you get to that point. I see on online a lot of people are talking about drinking and stuff like that. And I definitely, uh, I definitely have some drinks at night that are needed. Um, <laughs> the kids are hanging in there, man. They're, they're doing well. I think it's, uh, I think, I think it's tough. I think it's tough. Do they um, understand? I'll say this. It's funny because I watch a lot of news and stuff like that, and I don't hide it from them. And so I answer questions for them. So I think they know what's going on. Um, but I talk to them, and I, and I feel like that kind of helps because they're not just hearing things and then, like, trying to process it on their own. Yeah. So, so um, it's tough, though. It's tough. To, I mean, obviously, the younger one, the three-year-old, um, I, don't, I don't tell her much about anything. She just thinks we're all home. So, yeah. Right. Um, what- What's been one part of um, of the social distancing, self quarantining um, aspect that you've really found enjoyable? Something that you wouldn't have otherwise done in the standard, ordinary day to day life, working, going to work, coming home. What's something that's maybe you've done personally, or more family time, or something that that's been a blessing in this time for you? I'll say this: life, I, and I think I mentioned this in the past, that I felt like I was being stretched in a bunch of different directions. So I've actually had the chance to kind of slow down. We're not, I'm not racing to school. I'm not racing to soccer practice. I'm not, we're home. And we're spending time and we're playing games. So life itself 
has been forced to slow down. So I'm appreciative of that because um, even though I may not be sleeping, we're you know I'm getting I'm getting quality time with the family and, and, and I'm not running here and there and just trying to make it to all these different things. So right. uh, so that's that's been a blessing. Um, I get invited to more parties, you know, more FaceTime parties than I do regular parties. So that's been cool. <laughs> <laughs> What's been the hardest part for you guys, Dimitri? What's that? What's been the hardest part? Something that's been really difficult for you guys during this time? Maybe just like kids, too much like overwhelming of kids or? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's exactly that. I think you got, I, I, I have to keep things in perspective. Like things that would annoy me, like I get questions from the kids nonstop. Just questions that they wouldn't have to ask or don't have to ask. It's all like if we get through this phone call without someone walking in here asking me some question, I'll be. <laughs> but um, I, I try. I just try and keep in mind that they uh, that they're probably asking questions because obviously they're bored or they're this or they just want to interact. So the hardest part for me has been I'm not one to really lose my temper, you know, but to not be like guys. Leave me alone, or shut up, or, or whatever. Yeah. Right. I was, I was talking to another friend of mine who has two kids, and she said, um, she she loves physical contact with her boys, but she's. I am dying for a moment when one kid is not crawling on me. She goes, like, it is just there's crawling on me at all times, and I'm over it. And this is like two weeks ago, even. <laughs> I don't, I don't sleep well. I don't take naps. I fell asleep on the living room floor the other day taking a nap. And one of my daughters just walked over and gave me a hug and woke me up. <laughs> Normally, that's fantastic. But I was like, holy crap. The one time I fell asleep, you had to give me a hug? The, the 23 hours a day I'm awake, <laughs> you couldn't do that? How's the homeschooling going? It's good. It's good. There, uh, I, I set up some computers in the dining room. It looks like a like a telethon, um, but they're on spring break now for two weeks, which you'd think would be good. But now we got extra hours in the day to figure out what to do. So that's been tough. Um, I built. Uh, they asked me to build a fort in the in the playroom, so I was like, "All right, I'm gonna build you this epic fort. I'm, gonna, I'm like, I'm gonna hang blankets and the whole thing." And then, of course, I realized I can only use what I have. So uh, I got a little short, I got short on supplies. So I texted my buddy around the corner and I said, Hey, do you have any rope? And he wrote back to me, this is the most terrifying text I've ever gotten. <laughs> and I got oh. out of context. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. <laughs> oh man, I shouldn't laugh at that, but you make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to laugh at stuff. You have to just laugh. That's where you know we're what? at I now in, the, in the world. I agree. I think there's, uh, I even think about like dreaming. I think about people, I don't want people to think that the world has just stopped and that our dreams and everything have just stopped uh, or been put on pause. I think it's super important to laugh. I think it's super important to sing like Gav. Um, you say you have the ability to play an instrument and have an outlet still and artistic expression. Like um, also the ability to dream. Like I, I'm thinking about things that I still want to do. I'm not just pausing everything. I think um, mindset has to continue on and the things that bring us joy are maybe as important now as they ever are. 
Um, so, yeah, I don't want to make light of that. I, I, I agree with you, man. You know, it's interesting. It's a good point. And, you know, I've been thinking about this, too, uh, uh, just because, you know, I don't want to stop doing what I love to do. I don't want to um, ignore what's happening. Um, and I still want to keep moving forward with what I've been doing, like creatively playing music, writing songs and things like that. But it's been a little weird because I've hit this weird place because of what's happened around us now, because of this moment in time where I'm wondering, well, is the music I was writing for the next record, is it important enough now? You know, are the, is that material important enough? Uh, you know, am I writing songs that are, socially conscious enough for this moment in time or for the moment of time that comes after this, you know? Mm. And so it starts to sort of play on my mind of is the material I've been working on, is the art I've been creating, is my messaging important enough? Am I capturing enough of this snapshot in time or, or should I be making material that has nothing to do with this moment in time that just has to do with encouraging people for what comes after this. Um, so it's really been interesting from a creative standpoint as a, as a writer, uh, a songwriter of, you know, it, am I doing enough? Is what I have done? Is it uh, meaningful enough for this uh, new version of potentially of, of outlook? That, that people are going to have having gone through absolutely odd uh, time. Well, whatever you do, Gav, don't remove the duet that we have. No, man, <laughs> not a chance. Are you kidding me? It's called Slapshot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, interesting. <laughs> it's interesting that you both said that because I don't know if it's because things are so crazy here. Or, see, I'm from New York, so I watch the news a lot, and I see what's going on there, and I have friends and, and family there, so that gets sure. me a lot. And then and with sure. all the kids here, I think I live more in the minute-to-minute. I try and make things good and have fun, and, and I'll jump on in the evening and maybe FaceTime with a buddy and, and have a drink or something. But I'm doing yeah. the opposite of what I think, Brooks, what you're saying is that I'm kind of living in the moment and not able to – you know, think, obviously I think about the future and I know that that's coming and it's, but I, I, I live more minute to minute, I think, and like make this yeah. minute good, make it and, and kind of get through that. And I know other people are like, yeah. Oh, I'm cleaning out my garage and I'm doing this and I'm doing, and it's like, I struggle a little bit um, creatively and motivationally to do stuff like that because I'm just trying to get, you know, I got a lot going on every minute of the day. So I think I'm just living minute to minute. So that's an interesting thought to, to think about. Um, I get what you're saying, buddy. Right. Um, I've, I've put some, I don't have four kids. Um, I have a dog that consumes a little bit of time, but don't have four kids that I need to give to every day. Um, but one thing that I've done or I'm focusing on during this time is pride of work in anything I do. Um, so, because because some things you can skip over because in the course of a day you're busy and you want to get this and do that like you know months ago when when the world was normal but even something as simple as like making the bed 
Like I'll take extra time and, be, as you said, be more present just to like really totally. make the. That's funny. Just you know what? I totally get it. I totally get it. You're just looking for something to be good at, a task, something to take your mind off of of, of anything else. I mean, just it's, what a time! It's just so crazy. Every yeah. single little thing. Every single thing. The other day, I actually. Uh, I contemplated cooking an egg. <laughs> how, how long was the contemplation? It took a few hours, I thought, and then I decided just to uh, put water in a bowl and throw a snack bar in and heat it up in the microwave. Oh, buddy. Because I hate to cook. Dude, eggs are a hot commodity. I went um, to the store a couple of weeks ago. They said, they said, we're holding everybody to a dozen eggs, one dozen eggs. I said, I got yeah. six people in my house. That's one breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dimitri, Dimitri, when this whole thing blows over, tell me if you're open for an experiment. We come and we put Gav in your house, and Gavin does your daily duties as a father <laughs> for one day. I'll have your kids smoking cigars and cursing at you by the time you come back to the house. <laughs> I'm open for the experiment. I'd love to see that. <laughs> oh, you walk in the house to be like, oh, dad, pull up a chair. <laughs> oh, I would, I would pay good money to watch that, Gav. You'd be fantastic, buddy. You'd be fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I don't have um, to write a song, though, do I? <laughs> it's not God, Gav's fault. Thanks for coming on with us, buddy. I miss your face. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to do this in studio again soon. Um, best to you and your family, buddy. I know you're taking care of them, but I hope everybody stays healthy and stays safe. Thanks, man. I'd like to say one more thing. When I was young, I used to go to the zoo, and I used to look at the animals, and I'd be like, what are they doing? Why are they laying around? Get up and do something. Man, I respect it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Someone was looking at my house now, and they were like, get up and do something. I'd be like, oh. <laughs> by the way speaking of the zoo and animals you had to have watched tiger king already have you watched it i have and you know what i heard it was so good i think it is a hundred percent quarantine good if i wasn't quarantined like that i'd be like ah. oh man i don't think tv has ever seen a character ever like joe exotic <laughs> exactly um Okay, buddy. Appreciate you jumping on. Thanks, man. We'll talk soon. Nice to talk to you guys. All Later, right. man. <laughs> All right, we got one more one more member of the How Men Think crew. We're gonna touch base with my man Rick. Rick, what where are up? you? I am at home, of course. How are you guys doing? Good, buddy. Oh uh, man, we're good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Hanging in there. Yeah, we're all hanging in there. You're good, Man. you're hanging in there, or you're dying and you're hanging in there? <laughs> it depends on what hour of the day it is, Brooks. I mean, what in the writing, I'm like, what? What are the best and the worst hours of the day? The best hours of the day for me during this shelter and play in the mornings. I wake up, I get the coffee going, I'm out with the dog and my daughter on a nice, like, mile or two walk in the morning, like 7, 8 o'clock, and mm. just really kind of bonding time with her, which has been awesome. So, right, man. Um, 
Those are my favorite times. My worst, least favorite times are like midday, you know, like now. Two to four, two <laughs> like to being five. On the phone with like... us. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I, I was like, oh, somebody wants to talk. Somebody wants to talk. Yeah, cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love it. I have friends still? Wow. <laughs> but, um, it's like those kind of. Yeah, it's a kind of downtime where, you know, you feel like you want to take a nap, but you feel like you should be exercising or doing something when, you know, in actuality, it's you can be doing both, you know? So, very, very interesting. Time. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I feel like if the virus doesn't get me, the boredom will. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's so true. Um, it's so true. Like, you know, we try, my wife and I try to set up like these rules, not rules, but like, okay, let's clean the house today or let's clean the kitchen. And I'm like, well, let's, instead of trying to like commit to like a whole day of one entire process, like the cleaning of the house, let's break it up. That way it's like, it's not so much of a job on us or, or it's, it's just easier to kind of, you know, oh, hey, I just did two bathrooms or, hey, I'm doing the kitchen today. Okay, cool. Then it's like, just makes it more manageable. Yeah. Mm. How's the homeschooling going, Rick? How are the kids doing? Uh, you know, Brooks, like, I feel very fortunate in all of this right now. Like, the kids are at a perfect age. They're 13 and 11. Um, they're, the homeschooling side of it's it's been pretty tricky. Um, the teachers in the school district are putting out, you know, videos. They have video chat meetings. They have Google Hangout meetings. Um, they're really involved in a lot of it. But on the other hand, it's like they're, you know, if they do all their stuff or all their meetings or their homework or, or reading, they're done by, you know, one, one o'clock, one thirty, right? So then it's, okay, now what do I do? And that's where I feel fortunate. Our kids are at the age where they can kind of go on their own. Like my son will go out and he'll ride his bike around for an hour, come back, play video games. You know, they're, they can sort of quarantine themselves within our quarantined home, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, the homeschooling, it's been kind of tricky, too, because, like, last Friday, I think it was, um, like, their school sort of website thingy, like, all shut down, like it broke or something. You know, there was a glitch or something, and so, really, there was no way to check on the on the homework assignment. So, it's been tricky, but I do have to give credit to the, the, the district. They're working their tails off right now, and it's uh, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm thankful for them still. So, good. How about you? What's your daily? Like, are you still working too right now? Yeah, not as much. I mean, I'm I'm at home. Our office or our warehouse um, is is operating. Like, we have a small crew kind of going in and out. We have like a we're like an industrial warehouse section where we do like dismantling of computers and stuff. So we have a small crew going in and out, and if there's pickups, but. I work with main, mainly the tech companies, and so they're all working from home. And so there's really not a lot going on. Um, to be honest, we had a couple pickups and a couple couple interactions and meetings and stuff like that. But other than that, it's it's been yeah. pretty slow, dude. It's, it's tough, you know. So, um, yeah. but you know, and my wife works as well. She's in real estate, and that's that's actually still going. But I think we're going to see a drop here in the next month or two. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah yeah right well we miss you buddy we miss your face yeah man. You guys. i miss you guys man i miss sitting around like that's the one thing you know i was i was 
been thinking about during this whole quarantine is just I'm so thankful for so much. Like you, you, you kind of take for granted what you do on a daily basis, whether it's driving to the store, driving to the, the restaurant, you know, going to a bar with your buddies, you know, just all that sort of social interaction. Um, you know, you lose a lot of that stuff. On the, on the flip side, though, so uh, you know, I'm thankful that I'm actually get along with my family. You know, it's like we sure. have our run-in, but like it's been quality family time. And you know, I don't. Sure. You know, you look back on that, and I'm like, I don't, I don't do this. I don't go, you know, with my daughter all the time and go on walks. And I need to do more of that. And it's uh, right. You know, for being locked in with each other it's it's been pretty good it's been good so that's awesome buddy good for you yeah good for you man they just need to now they need to find a cure so we can all get out again (laughs) yeah Um, you got that right and there's there's not going to be a um vaccine for 12 to 18 months like they think it might be up to august next year before they find an actual vaccine for it (laughs) yeah that's what i'm that's what i'm hearing it's uh you know, hopefully they can find, a, you know, some testing ways, which I think they're working on, obviously, and, and, you know, get the vaccine going, you know, who knows? We'll see. But, yeah, it's it's a wild time. Um, yeah. How are you guys hey, doing? Buddy. We're good. We're, um, yeah. Gav's rock rolling. He's playing country music for everybody in Nashville. He's blasting his speakers as loud as he can and en- entertaining the town. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yeah, I'm playing to the that's empty awesome. streets. <laughs> it's like the starter days, Gavin. You go to the bar, you know, and nobody's we're... there. You're still playing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we're actually doing, Rick? Um, Gavin and I are really working hard on our duet. Like we've been facetiming and it <laughs> and just perfecting it. Um, uh, I've I've good. been helping him out with the vocals a little bit, like getting them more range, the kind of range that I have, all that kind of yep. stuff. So. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And I've been showing him how to skate backwards. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> He'll get it. He'll get uh, it. One of those, you got one of the GoPros on your back looking forward and you're staring at your phone as you're skating backwards? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I don't know either. <laughs> All right. I'll explain uh, it to you. Later I haven't, I haven't hit first. that part of the internet yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh. Buddy, I wish you the best. <laughs> I hope you and the family are well and safe. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait to see you again sometime soon, buddy. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Hope you guys are well. Okay. All right, bro. Yo, man, great to hear from you. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Take care. Gav. See you, man. Now for the real, now for the real treat, Gav. Uh-oh. Producer, our producer, Amy Sugarman. Welcome oh, to the Sugarman. Show. Amy, save the best for save the best for last, fellas. Sugarman, <laughs> say I would How's say save the best, the best slash most neurotic for last. I cannot wait to well, hear all that you've done for during this quarantine time. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't disappoint you. I mean, I'm I feel pretty proud of myself that I'm not being, you know. I feel like I'm handling it fairly well, but I'll go into the details. But first, Please. obviously, I want to say that I'm going to tell you everything I'm doing, even though really my concern and prayers are with all the people that are suffering or lost their jobs or anything like that. But just 
to entertain you, Brooks, I am willing to tell you the weird I'm doing. Yes, please. Because, like, you ordered a 10-pound bag of rice there a month ago. Well, um, so, so I did do a few things when I started. You know, I'm like a... I'm one of those freaks that's always kind of like seeing what's happening on the internet and what are people doing. And I watch, I always have watched like a lot of news. I would say probably the worst thing I'm doing is I watch probably 10 hours of CNN a day, which is really bad. Like, like when, when Chris Cuomo said he had it, it was like a very close cousin telling me they had it. Like I, I actually like, made a like a <gasps> noise like like a family member had it and i have been following him so i feel very bonded to everyone on cnn right now but i would say the one thing that i'm probably overdoing is washing my hands not that you could do that but my hands are like bleeding my knuckles are kind of bleeding and like there's that like every time I touch a door handle, I keep feeling like I need to wash my hands, even though my mom, I'm up in the Bay area and my mom is here and she lives like two doors down. I'm very similar to Gavin. I don't know if he told you guys that he lives very close to his dad. So my mom keeps saying to me, like, you're, you're the only one touching the door handles. So like, you don't need to, like, I feel like I'm contaminating myself sometimes, but I'm trying to be calm I would say the other thing that I have really let go is my hair. I maybe will try and take a picture for you guys because, you know, I get my hair colored every week. So my hair is gray. (laughs) Oh, I have one other good one. So my boyfriend was here. So he had been coming over, but now we're doing three weeks apart because they said these are the two, the next two ish weeks. You really need to like lock it down. So we're doing three weeks apart. So I did his laundry and I put his like sweats and shirt and sweatshirt, but he left a pair of socks. So I will admit I've been sleeping with the socks. <laughs> like on the pillow next to you or you're wearing the socks? No, like on the pillow next to me. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Brooks, we'll talk later. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I mean, other than that, I just do like a lot of wiping and like I'm not hoarding. I want everyone to know like I'm I'm like really good about that. I'm not doing any of that weird stuff. Like I definitely have food for the next two weeks. I don't have to go to the store. Um, Oh, I know what I did, too. By a miracle, I had some Nordstrom bucks. Do you know what that is? So it's like when you shop at Nordstrom, when you shop at a certain amount, you get like free Nordstrom money when you oh, use your Nordstrom I, card. So I did have some Nordstrom bucks saved up. So I am shopping like that makes me feel kind of good. So I shop at Nordstrom and use my Nordstrom bucks. Other than that, like <laughs> I've been doing, I'm pretty good. I mean, Amy. Oh, I do 15 feet of distance. I will say that. I do 15 feet of distance, and I did feel bad I was in the grocery store, and I, I asked a woman for more distance. I was like, could I have some more distance? And then- Let me ask you a question, Amy, question. If you're in an elevator yeah. and the door opens and someone wants to get in, what do you do? Well, I, don't, I haven't been in an elevator since October of 2018. Yeah, she takes the stairs. Yeah, down. I haven't been in an elevator okay. since October. If, if, if you if you were a normal person and you were in an elevator right now, 
and the door opened and someone wanted to get in, what would you do? I don't think I would do it. I don't. What are, does your building have an elevator? What are you doing? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He turned I'll him away. in the front of it and say, I'll send it back. Yeah, I would probably do the same. And mostly the reason would be because I want to keep my mom safe and you want to keep your dad safe. And yeah. we're like, yeah. who they have to take care of them. So I agree. And I think that anyone would be totally understanding. Like when I asked the lady at the grocery store for more distance, because we were in the checkout line, the grocery, by the way, I don't know if anyone has done this, but like, can we give a shout out to the people at the grocery store and like the CVS? I think about them yeah. all the time, like, because I don't like going to the grocery store right now. And I'm only there with like, what, like 30 people. They have to be there all day with all the people. So I just think those people, I mean, obviously doctors, nurses, police, fire, all of it, but those grocery store people and the people driving the trucks and, and like, the people delivering my packages, it's like, God bless. I am yeah. quarantining my packages, which I'm waiting for some expert to tell me to stop doing that. But I keep them for Are like they, a day or two outside. I got a question. Are they giving, uh, has anyone decided to give grocery store workers, pharmacy workers, are they giving them hazard pay yet, at least for the interim? I mean, let's hope. Sure. I don't know. Like, I don't know. And I think that it they wouldn't deserve be, all It wouldn't that be outrageous for that to happen. You know what I mean? Because it's, they are no, at No, I think that, I think the Instacart people were asking for stuff too. Um, yeah, because like those people are really saving everyone else by going and doing the shopping and delivering the packages. I am getting in a crazy amount of packages. Not going to lie. How many? Because I, Mm, 10 a day. No, that sounds excessive, but that's not totally my fault because I did order like some, some canned goods from target, but the target is shipping them quickly and separately. So it's not totally my fault. I'm not being like super nuts with the packages. And like, I got lucky and something I wanted, I found on the internet and I only got one. So I feel like we all really need to help each other out. I, my mom is going to try and color my hair next week, though, so that is going to be, that's going to be something. Amy, I might try and give myself a mohawk. Uh, a lot I of might, people are, a lot of guys are shaving their heads. I've seen that a lot. I'm, but I'm not just doing like a mohawk just I mean, for fun. It, has anyone asked you how long that beard's going to go? I'm not a hundred percent on that beard, Brooks. It's like freaking me out a little. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's. I, I don't know. I'm. It's the longest I've ever had the beard in my life. Um, well, yeah. So some days I'm like, oh, I'm going to shave it. And other days, like, I don't give a damn. I'm up here in the woods in Idaho. I spend all day in the woods with my dog. Why does it matter if I have a beard or I don't have a beard? Um, well, if you could grow the beard a little longer and wear the right clothes, send a picture of us dressed like a gnome on your yard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! My hair, someone told me my hair was looking like Crystal Gale. Do you guys know who Crystal Gale is? No. Oh yeah, I remember Crystal she Gale. Has I used to watch her when I was like five. Yeah, she's really cute, but she has really, really long hair, and my hair probably needs a cut. My mom may try that too, but Lord knows. You know, hey, Crystal- you know, Gav. I know you. I know you were talking about music. Mm-hmm. I say make the music. Have Have you heard Thomas Rhett's new song? No. Oh, listen to it. It's so good. And it's like, he wrote it a year ago, 
but it's perfect for right now. So I say, like, make your songs. Oh, wait, did we talk about your Kenny Rogers special? That's up to you. I want to talk about it. So, okay, I will say that was so sad that we lost Kenny Rogers, and I feel like it got a little lost in all this, which I'm sure everybody understands. But what song – so Kenny Rogers passed away – And there's a tribute on the 8th on CMT. And I'm sure it's like everyone's doing from their living room. And you're on it. What song are you doing? Oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you what song I'm doing. Can you give us a a hint? It's a surprise. It's a surprise. But it is one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, Oh, don't don't fall in love with a dreamer. Don't fall in love with a dreamer. Nope. I can't Uh, tell you. But, Kenny, but right, Kenny so everybody, absolute badass. I am yeah, the greatest. So everybody needs to watch CMT the on the eighth. You're seeing yeah, the gamble. Thank you. If it's going to be a big one, it's going to be a big one. Dolly Parton's and on it. Will... Uh, uh, Lady Annabelle's on it. Uh, man, there's just t- there's just a there's a ton of acts. A ton of acts. I hope mm. someone sings Islands in the Stream. Uh, maybe you're singing Through the Years. Yeah. I also love Through the Years. No, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I wish you would give a hint, but we'll have to wait until what day will that be? Wednesday? Let's see. Yeah, Wednesday on CMT. Uh, the 8th. On the 8th. There's the 8th. Well, the eighth. I love you guys. I love uh, you guys. We love so, you back. So, we love you so back. Much. Amy, I miss seeing then, your face. Uh, I, I miss coming into iHeart and seeing the whole. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll send you guys a picture of my gray. It's really pretty. <laughs> send it in. <laughs> I'll send you a picture gray, of my Is it gray like guy. Kenny Rogers I'll, gray? Yes, like it's totally gray. I'll send a picture of that, and I'll send a picture of my guy's sock so everybody can see what I I'm doing. I want you to send a, send a picture of Kenny Rogers and then of your gray. <laughs> no. We can do it. We do who wore it better. Who wore it better? Um, Amy, okay. on our how many things really Instagram, funny. can you just post a photo of you with laying in bed with the socks on your pillow? <laughs> well, I, we can post the socks, but not me. But I will send, <laughs> I'm sending the socks to Danielle right now. They're like super clean. <laughs> I cleaned them. They're the, yeah. And I, he, I, we got an indoor putting green. So I have been, I, and I, that, that's like, was a splurge and I'm, I don't want to seem like, oh, I'm just buying everything on the internet. But I did buy an indoor putting green. And uh, so we practiced our putting. And he said when I miss him to just hit some putts. I was like, okay. Oh, no, that's there you go. Um, and I said, he can't, I said he, can't, he can't break up with me until after all this. So we'll, <laughs> we're good for a bit, guys. We're good for a bit. <laughs> You're going to be great. And this goes on for long and long and long. No, I actually, I actually thought about that, but I'm not. Like, I want it to be over as quickly as we can and get some good treatments going, so we can help everybody that needs the help. Yeah, maybe no uh, for Christmas. Can you have an ugly Christmas sweater made using his socks? <laughs> Wait till you guys see the socks. I hope that's a, it's going to be a good one. Um, I love you, everybody. Be safe. Stay, stay, stay at home. Wash your hands. Stay at home. Stay indoors. You too. Uh, you're not indoors. You can go for a walk. You can go for a walk. You can go for a walk. Yeah. Okay. This is what I say. Love stay, you. Act, stay safe, but stay active. Or stay active, but stay safe. Either way. 
Um, exactly. Amy, love you, exactly. miss you. Gav, I appreciate your time today. Miss you as well, yeah, buddy. You Easton, too, man. Thank you, for you, brother. This whole thing. Um, and everybody else out there, we just say that. Just sending our love to you guys. Thank you guys for listening. And more than ever, take care of one another, love one another, and we'll see you back here next week for another episode of How Men Think.